Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Jerry Reynoso. I think for the second time on the show, Jerry, welcome back, even under these circumstances. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I mean, I wish I could feel better uh, with a better result from tonight in this Campeones Cup uh, match against Tigres, but besides the result, everything's been well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we all know at this point, uh, scoreless yet again for LAFC. Uh, they go into a penalty shootout and lose four to two in the shootout. What do you think of this match? Uh, I mean, what are your what are your initial reactions to this game? I mean, a lot of it had to be the prep, um, but just from the overall impact of it all is this is one of the weirdest games that LAFC has ever been a part of. I mean, the changes of you know starting with the calls of of Fisher, the official of the game today. Um, it was very inconsistent. It, it seemed like he he didn't have control of the game from the get go. Uh, yeah. Not that he lost it, but he didn't gain it at all in the beginning. Um, and he was like very afraid, very cautious to release any kind of bookings for both sides. I mean, yeah. So it, it just seemed like the players weren't in control of the game, which I guess you kind of hope to have it, but it was just it was just reckless on all ends. Um, and there was no balance. And for an uh, impromptu final like this, the atmosphere was final-like, um, yeah. but the result was just just nasty. Yeah, kind of a frenetic game. I, I was surprised with Drew Fisher not going to the pocket for so long. Um, so many like fouls against LAFC in the final third. Uh, you know me; I am not like I am not a blame the refs for anything at all kind of guy. Like, I think, I think you got to take care of business on your own. Uh, it's the officiating was, was really poor in this match and we can get into all the reasons why, but him losing control of the game, not going to the pocket when Chiellini gets fouled and then Cordova stops the the restart. Right. And Chiellini knows what he's doing. Like he's kicking the ball directly at him to get a yellow and there's no yellow. Right. I, I mean, I even halfway expected him to give one to Chiellini for being kind of a prick there, right? No, but exactly like that's that. that's well within Chiellini's right to do, to to restart it and just kick it straight into him. Um, so, I, and then to get kind of the two ticky-tack yellows on Palacios, um, I get it. I get, you know, he is stopping the transition on the second one. Aaron Long gets beat terribly in that sequence, um, par for course there. But yeah. uh, to his credit, he he comes back and uh, gives the the dog so card to Tigres right later. But um, yeah, really really tough from Drew Fisher. I, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, LAFC had plenty of chances. They did a good job keeping uh, Tigres off the off the score sheet as well. But man, just just kind of a brutal, chaotic and frenetic game. Yeah, I mean, and and it's not. I mean, to take control of a game, especially from an official perspective, it's not about having everybody be all kumbaya, all yeah, yeah. everyone be happy, a good sportsmanship per se. It's a final. You're all battling for a championship. You're all battling for a trophy in the cabinet. And there's going to be contact. There's going to be physicality. There's going to be a form of tenacity that you're not re- usually uh, used to seeing from a regular season game. Um, so there's going to be a lot of hard-hitting tackles, but to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand, that's what your job is to do. And yeah. he it, not only did it get out of hand, but it wasn't in hand for Fisher in the first place. So no, that was the no. part of the assessment for him. Um, and not only that, but just the the support that, that the rest of the officiating crew had for him was just non-existent as well. I mean, especially with the role of uh, of that uh, the, the free kick from Kailini uh, that led to Buanga's disallowed goal. I mean, it yeah. was just as if it was as if Nahuel Guzman made that decision for the game. Yeah, that that was that was a truly bizarre sequence where, I mean, let's be honest, like it's the right call in the end. Yes, of course. I'm just, yes. not, I'm just not sure how they get there because Fisher never blows the play dead, right? So for those who were in the stadium or or still are like, what happened there? Chiellini takes a touch. He kind of rolls the ball over to his left foot and then plays a pass. You're only allowed to touch the ball one time. You can't play it to yourself in a like in a direct ball situation in any dead ball situation. Yeah. Um. 
play goes on. Tillman plays Bowanga through. Bowanga goes in and scores. And like you said, Guzman is like, no, 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 it doesn't count, doesn't count, doesn't count. And Drew Fisher in that moment has whistled and pointed to halfway. Like this is a goal. Stadium erupts. Everybody thinks it's a goal, including, again, Drew Fisher. And then they go back, and it's just whistled like, oh, the ball was moving. But it's unclear where that came from. It doesn't go to VAR. Um, So I don't know if that's like the fourth official saying, hey, that ball wasn't moving or that ball wasn't still. He took two touches. I don't know if it was a if it was a linesman. I don't know if it was VAR coming down. As far as I know that like because he has signaled the goal. VAR has to overturn it, which means he has to go to the monitor. I, it's it's a truly odd sequence. Again, the right call, but just such a bizarre sequence. Uh, and I like I can't imagine having watched that in the stadium because the stadium left it up for a long time for oh, several yeah. minutes. They it left was, it on, it on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. At that point, it just feel like that the players. It was like a spirit of the game aspect, but not really. You know, yeah. it's the players making the calls at that point, and you know, I think. For me, my biggest wish going forward is that hopefully this is the biggest game that Drew Fisher will ever officiate you know, in an impromptu final like this. Yeah, I think I, man, your pro has to take a look at this and be like, my dude, you, <laughs> we're going to yeah. reel you back in a little bit here because it, this moment was bigger than you. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to uh, defend. I mean, there, like I said, there were plenty of, of calls. Like you were saying, there were plenty of calls that were made correctly. I mean, the cheeky yellow card, the second yellow was probably iffy. Um, yeah. But with uh, Carioca on the other end, with Denny Buanga, who pressed very great in that sequence, yeah. um, to draw that dog so red card. Um, but it, it was the little moments that just kept piling up, piling up, piling up, piling up, that led to the grander stage moment of the game, the game-changing moment. Um, cause that was the sealer. It, it looked like, yeah. Yeah. um, Denny Buongo's goal. Um, and that was the one moment of the game offensively where LAFC seemed to slow the game down. Um, because throughout the whole match, which we'll break down into a little bit more uh, shortly, but throughout the whole match, it felt like no matter the time, no matter the, the timestamp of, of what the scoreboard said, it felt like every time there was a ball offensively for LAFC, it was like the 90th minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all. It's all gas, no break. Um, yeah. You know, like you so often hear about La Pausa, right? Just just let the moment breathe for two seconds, guys. Like it doesn't all have to go straight to goal all the time. And it's, I mean, it is, it's hard to watch at this point because it's like a midfielder will win the ball, turn the ball over and just immediately start dribbling upfield only to be tackled within two yards. Cause like, you're going to get caught. You're trying to accelerate with the ball and there's somebody just recovering on a run. So yeah. like, and it's just like midfielder tackled, but going at two guys. I feel like the best example is actually, I think it was like a quick restart goal kick or something. And, uh, Oliveira gets loose on the left, on the left wing. And it's like an all out break. T grace is, is, hustling back but they have all four of their back line in place or four there i think they're in a back three most of the time but there were four in the back line and then one like a defensive midfielder and so it feels like a transition moment because Mm -hmm. it's happened so quick it's straight from a goal kick the ball advances quickly but tigres is already there they're like already set up so it's not it's not a true transition moment and that's where you have to like again la pausa you just have to stop you make one recycled pass and that back line steps out of place again, and then you can play through. But instead he's just like, he just forces it just like we always do. And so it's kind of this like lofted cross over the middle that gets headed down to to Guzman. And it's like, guys, this is, it's never going to work. And we now have three straight matches of LAFC going scoreless 270 minutes. At least I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't know when their, their, their final game, goal against galaxy came in that four, two win, but yeah. Um, at least 270 minutes of scoreless football from this team who just looks completely devoid of any attacking ideas. No. Yeah. And you bring a good point. I mean, um, Jillian Sakovic, she gave in her in-game report. She had a discussion with, uh, Steve Trundolo 
and just asking, what do you think LAFC need to do at this moment right now to get something going? And it was simply to slow the game down. Um, yeah. But the only one that really had the intention to slow the game down was Vela. And you could tell throughout the whole match. Yeah. Like, was just very frustrated. Like, why are you guys rushing? There's so much football. There's so much time to play. Why are we acting like the game is to be won right now? Yeah. Um, and, and it felt like, you know, uh, Oliveira was just the guy who was just a running gun on the wing. And Boanga was just a link-up man who just, just play it to me and I'll play one too quick, get inside the box and do something. Yeah. But I don't like to say this, but the team looked like my Cowboys. You know what I mean? They do so well getting up upfield. But once you get in the red zone, you can't really do anything about it. And it was just that final touch on the 18 where LAFC couldn't execute. And because of this back line that, that Cibordi set up for his Tigre squad, um, it set up perfectly for potential counterattacks. And it just – it was just – not a necessarily counterattack, but it felt like, like you said, if Oliveira is going to send all the way up to the wing, just drive down the wing, it's a solo counterattack at that point that nobody yeah. else in the offense is on the same page of, meaning there's no offensive involvement because there's no creativity. Yeah. Uh, and it, I wish I could say that, like, this was some recent development, but this is who they've been all year. This is exactly how they played all year. At the beginning of the season, it was working effectively. Uh, probably because teams didn't quite understand what they were doing and they were just getting hit so quickly. Um, and to be totally honest with you, that's the only reason, like their effectiveness at the beginning of the year is the only reason they're in a half-decent position on the table right now. Mm -hmm. Josh and I spoke about it in the last show. People keep saying like, oh, well, they're in second place. Sure, they're in second place in the West, but that's like ninth or 10th overall in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're it's it unless they win MLS Cup, it's hard to see a path to CCL for them. Uh, I guess if they come in second and St. Louis wins, then they could still get in. I guess, um, but like in it's terms of no, nah, and in in terms of like all the goals that you set out at the beginning of the season, they're all out of reach except for MLS Cup and with the way this team is playing and has played since June, really, you've seen flashes here and there since June, but with the way they've played since that CCL final, I'm sorry, man. I just, I don't see how they do it. I, I have no idea how they get through the playoffs. In no, the and, no, of course. And unfortunately I have, I have to agree with you. I mean, especially with the table right now, with the remaining schedule and, I'm I'm looking at it going forward is that this weekend uh, in their matchup against RSL, that's going to be our first round potential preview for them. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. this will be a game that, and the previous win that they had against RSL in the League's Cup, those two games are going to be games that they're going to be reviewing and examining, preparing for the playoffs because, yeah. uh, of course, 2018, we have that history, Demir Krylak karate kick um, goal, <laughs> to, you know, destroy us and put it to bed. Scars but nonetheless, us all, yeah. Those, those are those are games that you're going to have to examine, but these bigger games, bigger than these first round uh, playoff matchups that we're going to prepare to experience, such as the Monterrey match in Leagues Cup, the CCL leg one and two final, and this one right here, an impromptu final, a final that nobody even thought of that was going to happen, just came out of nowhere in the schedule and saying, oh, you get to be a part of this. There's Here's another chance for trophy, last chance. Uh, you don't even yeah. have to go through the whole round robin. I think you're automatically in it because you're birthed in. This is the last thing that they're going to be able to examine through this final games of regular season, but they can't seem to get over the hungover that they felt from these big matches and they yeah. just continue to pile up. So I agree with you. Unfortunately, it's kind of difficult to see a positive outcome going forward, uh, especially with uh, the playoffs around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they 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 really have to win. I think they got to win at least two of their next four, um, mm. and that it, it has to be they have to be wins, um, that like lead to some sort of like hey we can keep doing this thing right. It can't be it can't be a one nil penalty win. It can't be. Uh, I don't even think it can be one of those like six one drubbings that we tend to get where it's just like they score six goals in the second half because uh, the other team is just crushed. Um, it has to be a methodical 
like well-designed, well-executed game plan. And uh, I just, I don't know that they have it in them. Um, I wanted to get your, did you, did you see what uh, Justin Ruderman reported about Steve saying yesterday about the, what decides a match like this? Yeah. Yeah. He was saying, if I remember correctly, he was saying, you know, that the, the, the pens and the boards, you know, that the that the coaches put onto their uh Yeah, let me let me tactical judgment they make doesn't really make a difference. And he was yeah. also thinking that um the the referee doesn't get to decide the match, which unfortunately seems like that was the <laughs> idea. Um, but if you can pull it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. So here's here's Justin's tweet. Steve Turundalo and what will decide the winner of Campeones Cup. Finals or games like this, I'm not sure tactics or game models decide. I think this game will be decided amongst the players on the field and hopefully not the officials, but certainly not the coaches. I personally, I had some, some iffy thoughts on it. Um, (laughs) Say more. Partly. Yeah. Partly he is correct. But I mean, as a coach, you're the one who you're the, you're the preparer. You know what I mean? You're the one who sets up the, the organization of it all. You know what I mean? You put the guys in certain positions not to basically say, here you go, just go do your thing, but to put them in the best position possible to win. Um, yeah. And that's just as simple as that. I think what he meant by that, though, was that at the end of the day, he could do his job, but the players on the pitch are going to have to do theirs as well. Um, and they're going to want – they're the ones who have to take initiative. And, again, this game was very difficult to see what exactly the game plan was. I'm not sure if the running gun was the gaining plan that we saw with Oliveira, who continues to switch left and right to see if he could just take off and try to take on the whole back line from the outside in, which made no sense because he had Guido Pizarro and, and, and Angulo on both sides. So it was just like equal opportunity for an offensive massacre. Yeah. Um, so and it just seemed like in terms of like players taking initiative, I mean, I like the way Hakilini played. I like the way Havela was, as despite his, you know, not much of involvement in the game. Whenever he did get involved, something did happen. Um, yeah. But again, he said that quote. Nothing to prove, I think, to say here. Um, I just don't really know exactly what the game plan was tonight. So the one thing that I will say, and again, over this three-game stretch, like they haven't scored any goals, they haven't looked threatening. I would say at all. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, they have the goal call back tonight. Kike gets it gets loose on on an opportunity, but like other than that, I can't I can't tell you when they've looked dangerous in the past three games. They've been solid defensively. I do feel like tonight was a little bit different defensively. I thought it, it, he they've kind of done this the past two games where it it looks kind of like a four five one like a mid or a low block four five one um, that will morph into a four four two as the ball swings to one side. So as the ball goes to, let's say our left wing, uh, Carlos is always the one, right? He's always the striker, but you'll have like Kike or Bogic or, or, uh, or Acosta step up and kind of cover that backside switch. Um, and they'll, so they kind of morphs in it. So as the ball swings, it goes from four five one to four four two to four five one. And I felt, I mean, Tigres didn't have much in terms of like attacking opportunities. And that, that's a very talented squad, a very well drilled squad, great in possession, great at breaking breaking you down. And they kept them off the sheet. I also thought when they stepped high, Tigres had a hard time building out. Like there were plenty of times, there were plenty of like direct turnovers from Guzman or the back line just playing the ball out because they didn't have anywhere to go with it. Uh, so like defensively, they're still there, which gives you like a sliver of hope, right? That you can just grind out a couple a couple wins in a row in in the playoffs um, in those must win games. But uh, yeah, in terms of attacking ideas, I, there's there's literally nothing that I can point to aside from we won the ball. Oh, we got to go to goal. Let's go. Like, let's just run. Uh, and it's just not, it's, it's never going to work. That's not dependable at all. So frustrating. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, let me ask you a question. Um, would you rather have, which, which perspective would you rather have? Would you have, you know, LAFC win this game 
win a title, get the trophy in the cabinet, right? It's not empty this season. They have the most opportunities in the league to get as many trophies as possible. Can't rile up too much, but there's one in the cabinet at least. Would you rather have them win the game or would you rather have them perform to in a way where they could seek some kind of momentum to move forward for the bigger goal in the MLS Cup? What is more important for you? I mean, man, this is like a kind of a situation where like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush or whatever, right? Where it's like you can have a trophy right now and it's a contrived, made up MLS, like Don Garber nonsense trophy, right? But it's still or like you still went in against uh, Liga Mekis side and won, which is something that LAFC doesn't do a whole lot of, right? Um, so, it's hard for me to pass that up. Mm. And I think just winning, like if you go into a shootout, especially with Dolo, like doing his subbing McCarthy thing in, which is questionable to me. Uh, the data on that move is actually not, not favorable. Uh, yeah. Most of the time when you sub in a keeper, it's they, they don't save any or like any significant amount of, of penalties. Um, but I think I think the team is able to build on just that. Like, hey, we won a game. We won one of these big games like you met like you mentioned, right? We brought home the silverware. So I think I think that in and of itself kind of gives you some some something to build on. Now, would I have loved to absolutely see like would I have loved to see them score three goals in like a repeatable way where it's like, oh, we can do that in the in the finals and then you know, Cheeky gets gets red carded and they gave up three in the last 25 minutes and then they lose in a shootout. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a pretty epic collapse that I, like, I, Which I, don't, unfortunately, know, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, it's a, it's a good question. And I don't, I don't think there's a clean answer to be totally honest. Cause I think there's so many variables with either of those situations that neither comes out being super positive. Yeah, I mean, for me, going into this match, I mean, I'm, the reason I'm asking you because I kind of asked myself that before watching today's game is, yes, of course, I would like to win. You know what I mean? But yeah, can I see some kind of improvement based on the morality of how big this game is? There's a lot of yeah. history between those two teams, despite yeah. only one game yeah. played. You know what I mean? We lost to them in, in Champions League in 2020. Um, and literally nearly half of the team, of the Stigitas team, are the same opponents that we've yeah. played in 2020. Yeah. But for LAFC, it's a completely different team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So th- it's you only that left, compare. yeah. You know what? You cannot compare how both teams are. You compare the club names and colors, but the 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 coaches are different. The players are co- the, the players are different. It's it's a completely different game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at, you know, what was prior. It took us 75 minutes to get a shot on goal against St. Louis last weekend. Yep. And it yep. took us two minutes to get a shot on goal this weekend. Now, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a great friend of Vince LaRosa, and he's always telling me, argue with me, hey, you got to celebrate those little victories and to a point, I do agree with that. You know what I mean? So you can see just a little bit of improvement. The defense played fantastic. Every game ever since um, uh, that Miami game, you get kind of scared of what kind of minor mistake that Aaron Long will you know, commit that will turn <laughs> to a game-altering moment yeah. you know what i mean yeah um but i'm not saying he was flawless but the recuperation of defensive mistakes and the adjustments that the defense within themselves made was just beyond me it was something great i saw Kilini play a little bit of Catenaccio where in the final 10 minutes he was just slide talking like crazy they didn't care who yeah. had the ball yeah. his intention was just to kind of send a message to the other team hey you're not going to get through here which sometimes is what you need you know what i mean um and that kind of gave a little bit of life to the defense, which who have been struggling, uh, you know, this past, like I said, June. Since yep. June, they've been struggling in terms of just remaining cool, calm, and collected. And there were just some moral things that you could you could take out of this that were very positive. Um, offensively, obviously, there was no intentions whatsoever to create something. Um, and it, there was no creativity whatsoever. Um, but the defense, I believe they won this game despite that just absurd call of Chiqui Palacios yellow card. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, that's how the game is, right? Where one part of the field is one completely, the defense side, whereas the middle and the forward, it, the, the attack is those two thirds are just nowhere to be found. And then you get the result, and it's just like two negative things weigh out five positive things. Yeah, and yeah. How harsh this game could be sometimes. Yeah. No, it's. Uh... I completely agree on LAFC's defensive prowess. Um, And like that gives you, like I said, that gives you a sliver of hope for, okay, if you can consistently steal a goal, then this team is going to be really hard for others to score on. Right. Um, That, I mean, unless you're talking about Miami who was able to run through them uh, because, of a certain Argentinian that they have, uh, but he, he's he's done right. They're not going to see they're not going to see Miami again this year. That's over with, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That now that Messi and and Alba are are, are out, um, I I don't like. I think I think they have enough on the defensive side to keep them in games, right? Uh, they gave up two against Galaxy, but they—I mean—they were—they were running away with the game. That game gets out of hand, so it's like in those kind of like chaotic games, they—they they tend to score plenty to cover themselves. Uh, but uh, at some point, at some point, you got to score goals, and they something bereft of ideas. Yeah, um, and then I—I I, I kept in my notes. You know, there—the only time I saw fluidity between. You know, the entire unit that was on the pitch from defense to offense was in the first five minutes of the game where LAFC was just hard pressing towards um, Tigres' defensive third and just trying to create some kind of mistake out of them rather than create something within possession. And I thought that was awesome. But throughout the rest of the game afterwards, the defense was on the same page, but midfield was not supporting the, the defense. Um, and attack was just staying up top, trying to run and gun. And then it was just the orchestra were all playing different music. They're mm. playing different songs. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know how exactly that happened. Again, I don't know exactly what the game plan that, that Shrundalo put on, on, on for the guys, or if, you know, maybe Kiki Oliveira and, and Boanga and, and Bogus wanted to play hero or something, but the first five minutes utmost is when I saw this team playing like a team together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I would love to say, ah, Tigres, Tigres. So, of course, they didn't score. Like, it just happens. But <laughs> their last two MLS matches have been the same. So, uh, hopefully hopefully they can use these four games and get it right. Um, I guess only time will tell. Anything else from this match that you want to get to before uh, we move on to some questions here? I mean, I'm pretty sure some of the things that I might want to get to will involve the questions, especially this Guzman. That's all right, you can you can jump the gun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I mean, look, if whether you're a fan of Liga Mekis or not, or if you're just aware of just how some of the characters are in Mexicans in the Mexican Soccer Federation overall, yeah. Now, yeah. one of Guzman is one of those guys that checks boxes where you got to keep an eye on at all times. This guy yeah. is going to instigate. This guy is going to – he has a certain method of lunacy that nobody else could, could replicate. As simple as that. Um, yeah. So and, he, and he's only in goal. That's that's how impactful <laughs> his mental game is. He's in goal. He don't touch the ball at all. Yeah. And he can yeah. impact the game very heavily. Um, yep. With that being said, as annoying as it is, it might be to play against him and as annoying as it might be to – watch him as a fan uh, to, to watch your team play against him. This guy can just wrap the entire game around his fingers. And I think we saw that tonight. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying I agree with all the stuff he did, especially what it seemed like some personal exchange of words with Crapo uh, after the whistle. Um, but this guy knows exactly what he's doing and he knows exactly the reason why. And it's very hard to say that that's not the reason why LAFC lost the game today. I think he knew exactly what he was doing with Cripo. I think that's Cripo trying to give him a little bit, right? Go up, give him a hug, kind of slow things down at the end of the game. Hey, good. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's Crapo being a good sport, but it's also him, like, you know, delaying the whole thing, trying to get in his head a little bit, and Guzman's not having any of it. So he just, like, kind of peels away from Crapo's hug, yeah? And he know, like, he knows. He knows what that's going to do. And Crapo, boom, takes the bait. Now we have a scrum. We have managers getting pushed over, right? And Paul like is this, on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it, like, this is this is what you're saying. Like, this is this is how you win between the ears in what is a highly mental and emotional uh, contest once you go to penalties, right? Um, and then the fact that he just stays on the bench. Like, Drew Fisher has to come over and get him and bring him onto the field while Bawanga's there and, like, ready to take his penalty. Now, Bawanga buries it because he's an excellent penalty taker. He doesn't do any stupid stuff, Right. It's pick a spot, visualize it, fire. Uh, takes a great one. Tillman, yikes. Yeah. Ilya rips his to the side netting. Great, right? And then Hollingshead takes a, a really poor penalty. Um, but all that stuff from Guzman dancing on the line, right? Uh, it's just taking forever to do everything. Like, that's... I mean, it's why FIFA now will get like issue yellow cards for excessive antics from the goalkeeper. Yeah, but anyway, I I, I agree with you there. I you hate you hate him when he plays against your against your team, but if he's on your team, he's the kind of guy that you absolutely love. No doubt. But anyway, all right. Let's get to some questions here. First one is from Tom Camilleri. Subbing out potential PK takers and subbing in a goalkeeper hasn't saved a PK in over 10 months is certainly a strategy. 270 minutes and counting without a goal. And another Liga Imaikis team gets a trophy in our place. Jerry, what you got on all that? I mean, you said it earlier. You know, it, it was pretty there's, – there's a stat out there that I don't even have to look at. I believe you. You know what I mean? We're good friends, so I, I'm just going to take your word for it. But it's not highly in favor for you to sub out your your goalkeeper in stoppage time just for, you know, to treat it as a penalty kick tactic. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. I think Crapo knew that too. When he was walking off the pitch, he seemed pretty upset about it. He felt very confident. And I was thinking, I think it was about the 30th minute or so, Crepo made a diving save that I thought I would never see from him again because of just how gruesome his injury was in the MLS Cup yeah. final last year. Um, I thought he was back. So if he, he had that save on the on the Quinone shot in the first half too, that was just, I mean it was spectacular. It's, I, I was mean, playing top bins for anybody any other keeper but him. He gets way over there, up above the bar, like it's a it's a fantastic save. Um, it's easy to say that Steve made the wrong call. Yeah, by subbing him out, right? Because it, now we've seen the result. But man, I just i I don't like a keeper coming in cold to have to face that. I really don't, and I get it. I get that he came in and in a pinch in MLS Cup, he saved two, you know, those two penalties, delivered a trophy. Uh, but at least but, he at least had some minutes in that moment. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I, I yeah. think Tigres has recognized that as well because they had at least one minute to get an opportunity going. To prevent yeah. the kicks, but they decided to just yeah. run the clock out. So the only running that the only warm up he did was running to the goal for the substitution. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, uh, about it, but like you said, it's very easy to blame Dolo on that, and yeah, it's just it's just I was, decision making. The whole game decision making yeah. is that's that's what alters the game. And it's simple. Ah, it's a, it's a, I mean it's on the field, it's in the attack, it's the subs you make, right? Uh, dude, it's just, it's, it's frustrating and, um, they, they gotta get it fixed. They have to get it fixed. There's no time. There's no time left. All right. Next one is from Justin 33 W. Does LAFC have a Thorington problem? Once again, Mario and $7 million man Fufu don't make the field. Which signings this past year have made us better? Will Koontz brought in Giorgio and Sanchez. Bale's agent chose LAFC. Let's see how he handles this off season. I, I, I don't think Thorington's the problem. I, yeah. I really don't. I, I do think there are signings that don't fit. Um, 
I, I think LAFC makes a ton of signings that don't fit every single year that, that leave us all scratching our head. I do think that the way that Chirondolo plays doesn't get the best out of a lot of these players. I think yeah. playing down to the Aaron Long level of boot it and try and score in transition completely uh, undermines whatever you're going to get from Ilya Sanchez, right? Who is like who can play as a as a great six in this league? Yeah, like he can play holding mid so well, but you don't use him. It's no, all transition. Yeah. So no, I, yeah, I agree. Um. I I I think I think Stepe Buke is is really underwhelming in terms of signings. Krostev, I really just haven't seen much from him that makes me think like yeah, he's gonna stick around. But like if if LAFC's thing is to just run and gun, then I don't know. <laughs> I go sign whoever you want. Who cares? Like <laughs> anybody I, I don't, I don't know. at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. First of all, I don't I don't like the comparison of Kuntz and Thornton because who are you to say that Thornton didn't mentor Kuntz to you know be that that kind of man to in that certain situation, which I'll give props to the Galaxy with this suspension and the transfer window, they made it happen with as best as they yeah. could. They're still pushing for the playoffs. It's a lot closer than we all expected. Um and it's a very tight table in the West compared to the East. Um but Thornton has never signed a player that has left you question to this day that's left you question like why is this guy still on this team you know what i mean it's only been five six games that gonzalez has uh has played in the black and gold kit and there's still a lot of kinks to work on you know what i mean yeah um, player and, and and it reminds you of a lot of players throughout the the six years that lafc have been uh playing such as fito zelaya andre horta um, a bunch of draft picks, you know what I mean? And even draft picks that we got from universities that you don't even remember, they go on to be sold for a different purpose, you know what I mean? A different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this, a lot of players here are not meant to stay, but those that do, you never question them why they're staying. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Because then you think of, player, okay, why do we sign players this year? And then you recognize it years later, oh, okay, that's why. And that, for me, that brings Ryan Hollington. You know what I mean? Why would you sign a left yeah. like Ryan's Holland hit within the league when you could go elsewhere, when you could go abroad? And with his play, with the style that he's been just, the way he's been producing for the team, the, the answer is that's why. You know what I mean? So it really isn't a Thornton problem. You can say it's an adjustment problem. I mean, you could have said the same thing about Bawanga when he first joined LAFC last yeah, fall. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, uh, plenty of people did. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It took him a minute. You know what I mean? People were calling the next Brian Rodriguez. Brian mm -hmm. Rodriguez is the same thing. You know yeah. what I mean? He wasn't meant to stay too long. He might already stayed a little bit longer, but look what we got out of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got some cash and we spent it. Um, Personally, I think that Thorington's decisions and signings are what are actually keeping this thing afloat. I agree. I think that the wins that you do see are actually players overcoming the system that they're playing. And when you see when you see limitations, like when you see the team struggle like this, it's cuz like what is Denibuanga supposed to do against like th a three man like he's one on three all the time. He's one on three <laughs> All the time. And I want him to just recycle the ball and for the team to play together and attack cohesively as a team. Yes. But, but they will not but, do that. And it's it's like when all 23 players that are in that are like involved on a regular basis don't do it, it's because that's the way they're training. That's the way they're set up. That's the like that's what they're leaning into. Like this is a team that has routinely like thirty five percent possession of the ball, and we're blaming Mario Gonzalez for not scoring. Yeah, like how is Mario Gonzalez? Like he doesn't get any service. He doesn't. 
And he's not the same kind of striker as Chicho. Chicho would create a little bit more, like you talked about earlier, from like broken plays and kind of chaos. Like this is a man who needs better service. So you can question the fit of Mario Gonzalez with with the way Chirundolo plays, and I certainly do because I don't think Chirundolo is playing them in in like an effective way. I don't think that can be argued, really. But uh, man, I. I don't think it's Thorrington. I, I I just really don't. I think he keeps bringing in talent, and I think I think the game model continues to fail. No, yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, when that question is being asked around, is because there's no answers that you can really solidify. Yeah, you know, yeah. As us fans, we could only do so much. We could just control the game, and it's simple. I mean, we could just con- control ourselves and have yeah. to do the game, and it's as simple as that. Um, and Thorrington, who's the man with the power of, of the club, um, he's done such a good job, not only in terms of the managerial aspect, but just the the environment he's created for all these players. I mean, we're getting players from everywhere, players yeah. who don't expect to come. I mean, I remember at one point we had Kim Moon Juan, a, a, a yeah, Southern yeah. Korean player who, was like, who knew he was going to come to Los Angeles. Yep. And again, he was a good player. I think you and I agree. He was a good player. He probably didn't fit in the system, like you said. It was very uncomfortable for him to. That be was in. a bad. That was a bad year for LA. That that's was a the year, year that it all went south for Bob, right? And yeah. He started like Bob started leaning into different aspects and different like different uh, formations and lineups and did start. He he altered his and he altered his game up. model in a way that yeah. broke it. Really, I think, but. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that's just another example of players who aren't meant to stay for that long. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it just happens at times. You know, what I mean, where yeah. you try to put some pieces together and you try to force them to fit, and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. But you don't figure that out in four or five games. Sometimes yeah. you don't figure that in a, in a season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And to to bring in another example of that, a figure out in a season, this, the goalkeeper situation that we dealt with in the beginning of LAFC's. Uh, journey, you know, with Tyler Miller and Pablo Cisniega. We're yeah, it's constant battle, constant battle, and then now we're facing all the way back to Cuba Lopez, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the goalkeeper situation has always been horrific, always been, yes. But now we yeah. have what appears to be a fantastic problem. We have two really good goalkeepers that create a great competition, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, but you don't know who's meant to stay and who's to go until it actually mm. happens. And whoever yeah. does stay for a long tenure, like Carlos Vela. There's a reason why they stay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. One thing I will say before we move on from this, just real quick, is man, I want them to play with three DPs at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I just I just want three solid DPs on an LAFC squad that like JT build like puts a lot of these like interesting pieces around. But anyway, next one's from Q Cardi. How is Stipe getting playing time over Ordaz? Vela looked lost. What exactly was his role tonight? Also, what a luxury to have uh, to replace Cordova with Ibanez in the Tigre side. Uh, I think Vela looks lost because he plays at a different pace than everybody else. Right? He doesn't. He doesn't have the legs to do what Oliveira is doing, what Boanga is doing, and like we talked about, he's going to slow things down. And the team has a hard time knowing what to do because, again, that's not the way they're playing. So he's slowing things down because he sees what he thinks needs to happen, right? And the rest of the team is still just 95 miles an hour, just blowing by him. Um, I, I, man, I, I, I don't know that we need to rehash that one, but, uh, at some point, at some point, this team has got to to figure this out. No, oh, yeah, I mean the offense is not on the same page whatsoever. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Vela plays on a different pace, but I like to see that he's playing at the correct pace. You know, like, yeah. like I was saying earlier, there's 90 minutes. It's not 90th minute every minute of the game. You know what I mean? There's yeah, yeah. You right. gotta let the moment happen. You can't rush the moment. And I yeah. just feel like Vela's the only one who's trying to just. Sit, hold the ball. One and you see it in the play in this game. You know there was a moment where he held the ball and the Tigers defense just sat in the back with him. 
Yeah. And we were just like, okay, what is Vela going to do? And Vela did nothing. He waited for his attackers to do something. And yeah, that created yeah. that time simply created space for Buanga to just make a little easy movement to his left, just like a few steps to get the yeah. ball. And he was one-on-one against Pizarro. He got a shot off. Unfortunately, it was deflected, and that led to a corner kick. But that deflection was so close to being a goal. But that's yeah. how calm – that's how powerful Vela's calmness was in that moment. Yep. And we got very few of those moments because the rest of the offense – I mean, it's four guys, it looked like. You know, it looked like Bogus. Yeah, yeah. It looked like Bogus, uh, Oliveira, and Bowanga with Vela. Three guys are, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Vela's like, relax, guys, calm down. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get, you know, three guys to catch up to your mindset when they're just ready to go into the moment, trying to rush it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, real quick on that, just a, a very practical example. So, again, what you see so often with LAFCs, they'll turn over the ball, midfield or whatever, and that midfielder will start driving. And they, you know, they'll get into a little bit of space. The back line is dropping and all three forwards are just running away, right? They're showing them their numbers and just running away, trying to get in behind. And then they play that ball, but the back line is dropping. So the ball doesn't get through, right? Yeah. Whereas what Vela will see is he'll pick up the ball. He'll start to drive. And then you get that change of rhythm, right? You get that change of pace. You get La Pausa where he just stops, puts his foot on the ball and that freezes the back line which leaves the space in behind open for new runs to, to happen, or they keep dropping and now there's space in front of them, right? So just by changing that pace, it keeps the defense from knowing what to do, right? And that little split second of time that, you, that you're able to buy is enough for somebody, like you said, Bowanga can then shift into new space because new space has been created as opposed to them just taking space away from you in front of the goal because everybody's running at the same speed, just trying to get to the goal as fast as possible. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think Vela's the problem. I think it's this idea that they have to go, 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 go all the time. Yeah. And look, I mean, for a counterattack, it is, sometimes it is go, go, go. And I think that's fine. But when there's intent, you know what I mean? There was a lot of moments where there was no intention when it came to go, 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 go. And yeah, yeah. Most of the no, time, they, they were they trying rarely, to go, go, go. It was an even matchup, four on four. Like, come on, yeah. guys. If it's four on two, three on one, that's when you go, go, go. Oh, that's shit. the sense of urgency, you know. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. there was not a single moment like that. So slow nope. down a bit. Simple as that. All right, Luis, are we finished? I want to talk it. I want to chalk it up to the amount of games played, heavy legs, and everything that happened this year. But to abandon some things that worked so well last year to see uh, is rough to see. Keeling is a baller, though. Uh, because of the way the defense is playing, I'm still going to give them a little bit of, like like we talked about, I have a little bit of hope um, that if they can figure out ways to steal goals, they can make it happen. But they're looking finished <laughs> because they can't score. Um, so uh, is it heavy legs? Could be. Of course. Maybe that's the only thing. Yeah. But. Man, they they look terrible in the final third. No, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that point towards you know just a hectic schedule that they had this year since the beginning of the year, all these tournaments they played in, and then you look into, you know, like Miami, who had their U.S. Open Cup final today, that left out Jordi Alba and Messi, the greatest player of all time, due to fatigue, per se. Um, Miami was another team that just had a hectic schedule, especially when yeah. it comes to the League's Cup included. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it could be heavy legs. And people think, well, that's just the professional aspect of it. But then when you have, you know, the greatest player of all time who's taking a rest because of just the hectic schedule that MLS implements here, um, it kind of raises a little bit of questions sometimes. Um, yeah, I think he's in such a Such a crucial moment like now where it's just – we're reaching closer and closer to the climax of the uh, calendar year. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one is from Josh. Uh, Josh from the Philippines. Glad this was offset by celebrating the wife's birthday. I'll drown myself in cake now. Otherwise, they continue to look toothless outside of transition. This isn't surprising at this point, but still frustrating. 
all you listeners of the counter press know exactly how me and Josh feel at this point about this team. Next one's from Gomez Jr. Was I not watching correctly or was long lost in the game? Maria would have been better due to his grittiness. Buke, when is it over? Jerry? I mean, I, I, I was, I've been thinking about this, you know. Um, Aaron Long, I believe he signed a two-year deal with us. And I guess that, that you could consider that a fair contract. Um, there's plenty of players. And I think this is safe to say. There's plenty of players that could play for the national team like him. And they do. But there's also plenty of players who don't. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't say that necessarily that's the reason why he was signed originally for LAFC. I think he fulfilled a role that just based on resume and the criteria that the so-called game plan that Steve Trendolo and John Thornton are trying to implement on the pitch, he filled that. With that being said, this just past month and a half, his form has just been poor. Um, and today it did seem like that too. He tried to do his best to keep up with the theater's attack with, you know, Cisco Cordova and Gignac and Luis Quinones. Those guys are just some hard-hitting dudes. Yeah. Whenever they have the ball and with, whenever they don't have the ball, they're going to drive you insane. Um, yeah. But that's why I give a lot of props to the defense because the organization was just top notch. It felt like, I mean, yeah. scoreless draw felt like a W to me, especially against this league on Mackey's side, who's yeah. pretty high in their respective table. Um, I, so, I do think I do think you're right. It's a bit harsh to go after him too much after a game like this. Again, I think he's at fault for the Palacios red card because he gets yeah. caught so flat footed. Uh, for some reason, when Buke passes the ball in like the 95th minute, he's at playing striker. <laughs> like that's their big plan to 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 nab a goal before penalties. Is like we'll throw Aaron up in the box and see what happens. We'll put in yeah. a bunch of aerial crosses. Um, but ultimately, it's a it's a scoreless draw. Like you you held them to to zero goals and and not a whole lot of output, right? So, um, I do think that this is above his ceiling international play against quality CONCACAF teams. So Tigres, Monterrey, right. You know, Nate, the top five or six squads in Liga MX, he's like, they're all above him. Right. And there's video of him. I shared it again tonight. There's a great video of him uh, against Santos a couple of years back, right after his defensive player of the year, season where he's just getting spun like a top over and over and over again. Um, I don't think he's an international player. I don't think he should play for the national team. I don't think he should be in these games, but tonight he, he held his own defensively again in possession. He's going to leave a lot to be desired, but yeah, uh, they don't want the ball anyway. So it's like, (laughs) I feel like I make this point all the time, but LAFC doesn't want the ball. They want nothing to do with the ball. They give it up all the time. And that's the sad thing is because you can't win without it. Um, yep. But, yeah, I agree yep. with you on all things that you said right now. It doesn't have to be controversial. I could just just leave it at that. Um, yeah. But he held his own, and whatever he couldn't handle, the defense took care of it for him. They recovered it from him, and that's what I really appreciate, you know? Yeah. yeah he got flat-footed there. Chica Blast was dropped back. He didn't complain. He just went and did it. Yep. yep. Controversial results of it, nonetheless – that is exactly what the job was for uh, Chiqui Palacios to come back yeah. and support. He did yeah. what he had to do. Whatever happened afterwards happened. Yep. All right. LAFC Luke, man of the match is Drew Fisher without a doubt. Questionable refereeing decided, decided this match, but also we looked lackluster in the final third, going to the wings repeatedly and struggling to find anything clean through. Uh, I mean, this is this is what they do. Dump it to the channels, run as fast as you can at the goal and see if something happens, right? Uh, <laughs> we already talked about the refereeing. It, it's, it was bad. It was, it was bad. But man, LAFC have got to fix the way that they attack. I feel like we're, we're just probably going to keep looping back on the same things here. Yep. Vince at Viva Photos. Defensively have looked better with Max. That's about it. Also, Drew Fisher is the Toby of MLS refs. Um, I do I do think Max back there does command a lot. Um, he, he cuts out a ton of crosses. 
Uh, he is, he's still a good shot stopper. Um, I I'm, I'm happy to have him back. I really am. I think for me, it was just the composure was just so good. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. he's got two, three games under his belt now. Um, some experience in MLS next pro. And I mean, just to countless hours too for him to come back this season in general, I think yeah, it's yeah. a huge success for him. Yep. Um, and so there was like one minor thing, but it just shows that this guy still has some work to do. His goal kicks, his goal kicks were flying to the far right and just, he was trying to reach somebody. His foot just doesn't have that much power yet. He got some work on that. Yeah, that, yeah. The, the distribution needed some work. But other than that, your main goal is just to make sure the ball is going to the net. And it's just you could you could tell this guy is still hungry. He's still in the work. Yeah. And his reaction when he got subbed out was just that's just another prime example of that. He still wants more. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, South Central LAFC. Is this an MLS problem or LAFC problem of not setting up ourselves right? It seems like we have a new team every six months. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of turnover at LAFC. It's like Jerry said, like some guys come in, they move out, and like they're going to continue to turn the roster. Um, it's kind of it's kind of what they do. They sign good players. Those players move on. I, you look at a guy like Opoku, right, where – He's not going to be a long-term fit, and you end up getting a record record uh, MLS trade or signing. I don't know. I don't even know what to call him in this league, to be honest. But <laughs> you got a record amount of gam for him, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, the the roster is going to churn at LAFC. I mean, like we were saying, you know, earlier about John Thornton. Um, I have, as a fan, I have full trust in him. He's a guy who understands the game that's within the game of, of the, the transfer business that goes on outside the field. Um, sure, you can say it could possibly be an MLS problem. But once, you know, the, the whole battle right now is to be better than Liga Mekis. But after that battle is won, what's next? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like, it's not like how it is in Europe where there's less constraints, where financial fair play rules are established. Um so there's, it's much more strict, and I think it's safe to say that if the rest of the world had these strict rules too, it would be very difficult to monitor just like how it is over here. Um, so my hope is that because, you know, Miami having, have pretty much changed the aspect of, of how roster rules could possibly be for next year and going forward, you said you want a 30P, I want 40Ps next year. You know what I mean? But quite frankly, we're not there yet. I'm still focused on yeah, yeah. You know, getting into this playoff spot. Um, so you, you can't just think too much big picture right now just yet because the trade the trade window is already closed. The transfer window is closed. Yeah. Can't yeah. do anything about it. Everybody that's in uniform, that's what's going to play into the uh, postseason. Yep. All right, Lionel Hutz. Actually thought LAFC played well against the first-choice Tigre side. Passing was improved. Max was better with distribution. The defenders were calm on the ball except for Long, of course and didn't panic. Kike looks like a gym, a gem, excuse me. If only we had a coach who believes in tech. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so this is obviously in reference back to the Justin Ruderman report that he's basically said, it's not about tactics in a game like this. Uh, I, I, you know, I, again, we already talked about, they did look good. just not enough. Um, so to, how hot, how hot do you think Chirundolo's seat is at this point? Not warm enough. And if it's warm, it's because he's been sitting down for too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's fine. There's no – this is such a tough situation, you know, and, and it looks a lot like Bob Bradley's situation in his final year before he was sacked. But his deal was that there were just so many injuries and so many things to adjust to. And it's very similar for Chirundolo because there's so many games to prepare for. You yeah. know what I mean? There's so many new people to welcome into the squad, new people to implement to to the system, and it's just it's simply difficult. You know what I mean? So if you don't think Chirondolo can do it, then you know, let me know who you think can. And yeah, I think you don't have the answer I think, to that either. Uh I think 
assuming they don't win MLS Cup, which I think is the safest assumption right now, mm-hmm. uh, barring like a catastrophic first round exit in the playoffs, like Chirundolo is still the guy. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with saying like he already proved that he can do it once, right? And next year you're not going to have all these crazy competitions because this year's been so poor. <laughs> so this could uh, be a I think, times. yeah, I think you go into the off season and you say, hey, and he's going to do it, right? Every coach out there wants to be better. Nobody wants to lose like this. Um, so I think he goes into the off season looking to tweak things and to to tune up his own game model and his own idea of how this team should be set up and, and play. But only time will tell really. Um, last one here. I actually, there's two here. Alan kind, another fail on the season goals list. Oh, and it's official. Our offense officially stinks and our midfield is sloppy and can't pass. And is there anyone on the roster not named Vela that has any field vision? (laughs) (laughs) Tired of watching teams celebrate on our field. We need fresh ideas. Uh, That's a lot of frustration boiling over, but like, I think there's a lot of truth there, right? Vela's with the field, the field vision, the midfield's looking sloppy, right? And I mean, it's looked sloppy, all year, it doesn't matter the personnel, really, right? You can move personnel in and out, and it still looks sloppy because, again, it's just lump the ball forward and see what happens. Uh, I think they do need fresh ideas. So, what what kind of contract are you thinking about giving Vela next next year, as of right now? I I mean, I would give him some TAM money. Because it's going to cost that to keep him happy, right? Yeah. Uh, he's not getting a DP contract. I don't think he. I don't think he is even going to. I mean, is he going to ask for one? Sure, right? Would it be happy signing another DP contract? Sure. I think you can get him for cheaper than that. I think if you put him on a million a year, he's probably happy. You're happy. He's still here, and then you can start transitioning away. Uh, I still think there's a role for him. I think I think if you move him into more of a like, hey, we're going to play you 35 minutes a game. We'll play you, you know, you'll get a start every third game or so. I think he's probably able to prolong his career if that's something he's interested in. But uh, yeah, you? No, I mean, I think you know in the head. Um, I, I don't think this is a guy that anyone should, you know, try to give away. Um, yeah, yeah. This guy just holds too much uh, experience in all aspects, you know, from Europe and here in MLS, especially a guy yeah. who, who joined this just new era of MLS and has conquered in in many ways. You can't let a departure be the result. Um, yeah. If Tam is the most cool, if a regular senior spot would be possible, even better. And that yeah. just means that. This guy is just content with where he's at. He's content with the football that he's playing. He's content with the location of it all. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. Just, at that point, it's just straight gratitude, which would be the best you know case scenario. And mm-hmm. for a guy like Vela, who's, like I said, MVP, record broken, um, MLS Cup under his back, he's just trying to keep playing the game for fun and enjoy himself and try to yeah. be as impactful as possible. A time deal would be the best deal for him. Senior slot would be awesome too. Um, yeah. The club, but not yeah. a guy that you need to get rid of or should try to get rid of at all. No, like I think as possible to be clear about what his role is going forward. And, you know, it's not going to be every game starter on DP money. So if that's what he wants, then it's a, it's a tough goodbye to have to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one is from Solomon. Shouldn't have taken off Cropo. We kind of already talked about this. Uh, Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Very easy to say. Uh, McCarthy guessed right on two of those penalties. One was far too high. It was roofed, right, until he missed it. And one was under him. Probably could have, slash should have saved it. But once you go down two penalties, it's kind of over. Like, there's <laughs> there's not much you can do. Yeah. So, anyway. Does, does uh, Crapo start this weekend against RSL? I think he should be the starter, yeah, going away. 
Uh, I am a like I hope I hope he's all right after having been subbed again. Like you said, I thought he looked rather angry about having been subbed off. Um, there's some reports in the stadium disagreeing with that, saying that it was mostly just he was frustrated with the non-call or something like that. But uh, hopefully, there's no goalkeeping controversy at this point. No, I agree. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Jerry, thanks for coming on the show. Go ahead and plug all your stuff. Let people know where to find you and what you're up to right now. I mean, I'm not into the game as much as I used to be when I was younger. But, I mean, if you guys want to go ahead and follow me on social media, I'm at Reynoso Report. Um, working on my higher education right now. Um, just put on a grind. But I do have some fun projects going on at the university. Starting with next weekend, I'm bringing back a, a radio show. Um, called the Reynolds nice. Report, and that'll be just a show where I just talk about all major sports news. I'm just trying to expand my my perspective on everything, and I have a, you know, I'm also a commentator at uh, Cal State Long Beach University for their athletics, so I'm covering uh, men's basketball, baseball, and uh, or men's and women's basketball, baseball, and women's soccer. So just, nice, just nice. quietly putting in the work, and you know, see how it goes from there. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kurt Kinsey. Uh, and we will talk to you all after the next match. Good night.